only 1% of the users on LinkedIn are actually producing content. So there's about 300 million active users and only 1%. So that's about 3 million are doing this on a weekly basis. So right off the bat, a lot of people are just not taking advantage of this platform. And I always tell agents, 41% of millionaires are actually on LinkedIn. This is the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan, where we interview local real estate investors and professionals to go over tips, tricks, and investing strategies to help you learn about the business and to enable you to achieve your financial goals. And now, welcome to the show. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. Today we have Michael Lamb. Michael was a featured speaker at the National Association of Realtors Conference and is the CEO of Cato, a startup company that helps agents create on-the-fly websites directly from a social media post. In this episode, we'll go over tips on how you can use LinkedIn to boost your business and do more deals. If you're new to this podcast, subscribe to the show and leave a review. We release episodes every Wednesday and Sunday and release the show notes on our site, everythingrei.com slash podcast. By the way, if you need financing your next real estate project, check out Conventus Lending. Conventus is the best hard money lender with the best rates and the best service. I've used them for years and they've been able to pull off miracles for us to close on time, all while being incredibly easy to work with. If you need a hard money loan, contact me at sean at everythingrei.com to get $1,000 off of your processing fee. And if you want to know the secrets of how the top investors in the Bay Area are making huge profits in one of the most expensive markets in the world, download the free Ultimate Bay Area Investing Handbook on our website, everythingrei.com. Enjoy. All right, Michael, thank you so much for being on the show today. Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us what you do. All right. Well, Sean, thank you. It's a pleasure to be on this. My name is Michael Lamb. I am the CEO of Cato, a tech startup in Silicon Valley. Prior to this, I was also a co-founder of GoHire in the HR industry, built out one of the most viral apps on Messenger uh, using chatbot technology. And on my spare time, I am a real estate investor, primarily as a private money lender for flippers, do a lot of gap funding or funding the construction costs. Exciting. And very recently, you had a very big presentation at the National Association of Realtors Conference, and you spoke about LinkedIn marketing and basically just social media marketing. Do you want to just tell us about that and give us some tips on how we can do LinkedIn marketing better? Yeah, so especially for real estate, it's definitely different how agents are promoting themselves or how they're doing their business on Facebook, and they try to carry that over to LinkedIn. LinkedIn is just a different beast. You know, a quick stat is... Only 1% of the users on LinkedIn are actually producing content on LinkedIn. So there's about 300 million active users and only 1%. So that's about 3 million are doing this on a weekly basis. So right off the bat, a lot of people are just not taking advantage of this platform. So by posting on a weekly basis, you're already going to be ahead of the curve. But in general, just LinkedIn is just meant to be a place where you're going to be learning. So that's the biggest difference between that and Facebook, because I get constant questions about comparing between the two, whether they should be on LinkedIn because they're already on Facebook and whether they should do that. And I always tell agents, 41% of millionaires are actually on LinkedIn, and but they're on it to learn. They're not on it to actually buy homes directly. So it's just a little bit different in that respect. So it's good, I guess, as like a thought leadership platform, because if you just post all your educational content on Facebook, people aren't really trying to look at that kind of stuff on Facebook, right? Like, they're trying to see cat videos and pictures of their friends. It's different because Facebook, they care about your family photos, the food you're eating, and it's time to let loose a little, right? On LinkedIn, 
it's not like that. It's again, it's educational. They're trying to grow themselves. So as an investor or someone in the real estate space who, you know, maybe flip homes or you know, trying to get into space of flipping homes, either spectrum, you know, you want to position yourself as a thought leader, like you said, and you can do that very easily on LinkedIn if you're producing content. And when I say content, I'm not talking about you got to go sit down and write these long articles. It, just doing a status update on LinkedIn is enough for you to get out there to get your reach, not just from your connections, but other connections that are connected to your connections. Um, and, and just doing status updates, little snippets about what you're doing or storytelling. That's one thing that has been very powerful on any social media platform, actually, is storytelling. So if you're thinking about as a from the perspective of how do I kill two birds with one stone? I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn. How do I like maybe do one back and share it across all platforms. Well, I would say universally, if you're storytelling, you can do that on all platforms versus if you're just sharing a picture of a food, you can't really do that on LinkedIn. You're not going to get that resonation to your audience. But if you storytell a specific success or challenge, you can share that across all three platforms and it's still powerful. So what kind of storytelling are you expecting people to share? Well, if you're, for example, if you're an investor, let's say you're a flipper and you're trying to get more deals. So your primary audience is trying to, you know, get into homeowners who are wanting to sell the house, but then they should put on the market, right? And they want to get things off market. Well, as a flipper, you can story tell situations how you help families get out of debt quickly or sold their home relatively quickly. But talk about the challenges these homeowners face where they couldn't just go list the home directly on the market. So those type of stories, when you share that, you start connecting with other people who may have that same story where they resonate with and they engage with you in that respect. But by you, you know, instead of you just saying, hey, I just flipped this home and made X amount of money, you're just sharing the results, but you're not sharing what the amount of work that you put in, right? So the pride that you put in and how you took care of that family is going to make it more personal. So when you share that post, you're trying to connect with the individuals. Okay, that makes sense. And how often are we supposed to be posting these on LinkedIn or other social media platforms? Well, we try to do it once a week. That's, I mean, just doing that, it's going to put you in a 1% bucket. So yeah, I try personally to do that once a week. I don't post every day. If you can, that's great. But again, a lot of people uh, don't have a lot of time. So doing once a week is sufficient. I generally try to do twice, three times on Facebook, but on LinkedIn, I generally do once a week on that. And again, uh, one of the things you could do on LinkedIn is, you know, surround yourself with people who will support you. Just like on Facebook, most people naturally do this. And you may notice this, like when you're posting anything on Facebook, generally the same type of people are reacting to it. And and in a way that implicitly supporting your content on Facebook so over on LinkedIn, you want to do the same thing. You want to get into find the people that are engaging with you. Make sure you engage with them, too, on LinkedIn so that they can engage back with your content. And that helps with your overall reach. When I say reach, I'm talking about when you make a post, there's algorithms in place that will determine how far that post goes into all of your connections feed. It doesn't naturally get into all of your connections feeds at all. So based on the engagements that you you have with other people on your post, that's going to help determine how fast it goes beyond your first connections. Could go into your second and third connections. And when you're talking about engaging with your post, does that mean that anyone that comments on your post, you should always reply back and maybe ask a question or have them talk more, something like that? 
That's a great question. That's the number one key actually in growing your personal brand, your reach on LinkedIn is engaging. It's whenever anyone comments, you got to reply back because it's just like someone saying hi or great job to you. And then you just walk away. You don't reply back to that. So, you know, we do that on our person to person basis. Physically, when we're together, we always have, you know, a back and forth conversation. So when we take ourselves to the digital world, you need to still continue that back and forth conversation. So when someone comments, make sure you always comment back. When you do that, people who follow you will see that you commented on that post. And when they go to that post, again, you're drawing people back into the post that you made. Again, bringing more attention to your profile. And your profile essentially is what I call like your landing page, right? When people want to know who you are and what you've done in the past or your, you know, your work history, when they go to your profile, it's very important that you have it what I call optimized. One of the biggest mistakes I see people do is they don't have a picture on their profile. I mean, that alone is going to give you more than nine times viewership. You know, when you don't have a profile picture, people assume that you might be fake, a bot. I mean, bots gets it has a negative rap, right? Uh, uh, from the media perspective. So by not having a picture, that's going to hurt you. And again, you're trying to build that authority in the space. Make sure you have a picture, have that profile set up in a way where you're, again, telling a story about who you are. So your title shouldn't be, you know, real estate flipper or real estate agent. It should be either a call to action or your unique selling point. So I have agents that will say text CMA to this number to get a home value report, right? That's their call to action. So that why that is important is when you're engaging with other people on LinkedIn, your picture is shown in the comment, but your title, which is your call to action is also shown. So every time you're posting, you're actually implicitly putting out your profile ad, so to speak. I see. So it says saying like, I don't know, founder of XYZ investment company, you should say, call me at this number. Well, so that's a hard sell, but instead it should be, why should I call you? Right. So you're on my profile, I call myself a NARS speaker. I don't tell people I'm the CEO of Cato. That means nothing to most people. Instead, I, I'm trying to reach to other realtors. I let them know that I spoke at the biggest real estate conference in the nation and I'm using my authority in that respect so that when I do connect with people, I've already established that type of relationship already. If I were to change my title, say CEO of Cato, well, right, right away, agents will immediately believe that I'm trying to hard sell them on something, right? So I don't get in a lot of connections. And it's actually the other way around. When you have a nice call to action, you'll get more people connecting with you. And it's a lot easier when you have people coming to you, wanting to connect with you, because now you can start that conversation much easier because now you can accept the connection and then just ask them, hey, thanks for connecting with me. What made you want to connect with me, right? And you can start that conversation. Yeah, it's completely different than if you're just trying to do like a cold reach out. Like I get people who message me on LinkedIn all the time and I don't know who they are. And the first thing they send me is like this five paragraph essay of like, oh, work with me on this business. And I'm like, I don't know who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And again, unfortunately, marketers have made their way into LinkedIn and it's become it can become very spammy. And I actually am very turned off by that. So when I connect with someone and they immediately pitch something, I actually unfollow them or don't connect with them. I follow this principle of 5149, right? Have you heard of that before? Nope. 
5149 is just a principle where you're just giving out more than you take. You know, we live in a world of plentiful. So there's no need for you to try to grab everything. If you just do a little bit more, give out a little bit more, give more value. In return, the business world will return its favor. So on LinkedIn, I do the same thing. If someone asks me for help or I, you know, I try to go out of my way to help individuals and I've benefited from it. You know, I don't do it to benefit, but I've naturally benefited from these connections I've built on LinkedIn. I've never met physically in the real world, but on LinkedIn, through helping out others, through engaging with their posts, I've naturally built that relationship. And how much time would you say you spend on LinkedIn on a daily basis? I'm going to say about 30 minutes a day, I would say, 30 minutes a day. And I generally do it just to look through my feed and see any content that I enjoy and I engage. It's too easy for people to like, thumbs up a post. You know, the algorithm will treat the post better if you give it a better reaction. So instead of thumbsing up, you can give it a clap or you can give it a love or an insight. That's going to help that post get better reach for them. The reason why I do that is, one, most people are liking the content. So I want to make sure I do something else and react in a different way so that I'm not mixed with the crowd. So a lot of times when you look at how many people are engaging in content, you see a bunch of people liking it and then you have a few people loving it. I want to make sure I'm in that space so that I get a little bit more notice. And secondly, I always comment. So I really will react to a content and not comment. You know, so if I love something, I'm going to say, you know, why I enjoyed it. And I always tag them to enforce that they get notified that I replied directly to the content. And people appreciate that. And that's just for the poster to know that you are actually out there engaging with their content. Exactly. And then they end up in turn either trying to connect with you or they follow you. And again, the same tactic is a similar tactic over on Facebook. If you, you can use this on LinkedIn and do the same thing on Facebook and you'll, you'll grow your SOI on both platforms. What is SOI? Yeah, your sphere of influence. You'll grow your sphere of influence on, like you're trying to do that on Facebook, you do the same thing on LinkedIn. So do you ever do like, I guess, mass connections with people you don't know? Or are they always someone that you've maybe engaged or posted before or somehow have friends and connections? Okay, so you made a really good point because this question is actually highly relevant now because, well, not now, but it's there are marketers out there that will solicit service for you or to you. You pay them and they will do mass connections. Like, I'm going to connect you with 3,000 people in this specific industry. Now, when you take a service like that, you are risking getting your account banned. And on LinkedIn, getting in your account banned, I mean, it's a detrimental effect because you're losing your entire credibility online. LinkedIn is one of the most trusted resources out there. So when you are outsourcing a third-party company who's going to do mass connections, uh, Facebook actually doesn't want you to do that. They've actually said that's against policy in terms of using like a, a scraper or a tool that can just connect, connect with people. So you have to be careful with that. I actually don't do that. I know of tools out there that can actually log in as you connect with a bunch of people, like 100, 300 people a day and try to be under the radar of LinkedIn. But LinkedIn is really cracking down on a lot of this stuff. So any of your listeners after thinking about doing like mass connections, it's not worth it, in my opinion, especially as you build your authority in your space over on LinkedIn, build it naturally. The way you can do it very fast is what we mentioned earlier is, you know, produce your content, get people engaging. They will all, they will naturally want to connect with you because when they 
engage, their friends sees it. When they engage, again, it, it becomes, you know, LinkedIn has this where you have first connections, which is people are directly connected to you. Friends of those people are considered your second connections. You don't have a direct connection, but you're like in a way connected because through them, they will naturally see your content and they will want to connect with you. Another way of saying this, instead of you trying to connect with a hundred people a day, you can have a hundred people wanting to connect with you and you click one button to accept all 100 versus you connect, connect, connect one at a time. So hence, when you start building your content out there, you're going to naturally attract people who want to connect with you. And you're not the one connecting with people. It's them wanting to connect with you. And then you start adding them into your followers. Is there like a specific number of connections you think someone should have in this business? Well, I don't know. I don't know that answer. You do want to build as many as you can. I don't think there should be a limit. I know LinkedIn, I think... Last time I checked, you can have 30,000 connections on LinkedIn. I think Facebook is personally, you can have only 5,000, right? And after LinkedIn, 30,000, they can only follow you. So I wouldn't limit yourself from connecting, but I do always look at people's profile when they want to connect with me. If there's someone where I feel like they're going to spam me, they're not engaging at all, like they're never active, I don't connect with them. Uh, So I do take my time. So the number of people who do are connected with me, I've in a way vetted them very quickly. So I don't just blindly connect with people. And when I do, I've learned that I've made a mistake because they spam me right away. So then I have to disconnect them. It just floods my newsfeed with spam. I I don't want that. Makes sense. Yeah, because uh, I know some people had some reservations about accepting everyone on their LinkedIn feed because they're like, oh, it's more professional. You don't want to just accept everybody, even though you were classmates in the past. I I think that's okay. But like you said, if they're spammers or they're bots, you can definitely just not accept those guys. Yeah, you never know who those people are connected to as well. Yeah, I mean, you want to be careful, but at the same time, don't restrict yourself. Okay. And you talked about, you know, creating one good post every single week on LinkedIn that should build engagement. And most of them should be like stories behind your projects. Yeah. But, you know, as a flipper, you probably don't have one new project every single week or one new story to tell. What do you do when you run out of content like that? Well, I mean, you always have, see, I think that's another thing is the mindset of thinking of content as something that you want to think of. I mean, you naturally have a lot of things that you've done in the past that you can share, just snippets of challenges you've had, projects you've done. When you think of just everyday things that has happened during the day, there must be something that you can share. Like for something like this, like today, I'm going to share something where I spoke with you, Sean. I mean, something as simple as this about I've never met you, Sean, and I met you at that flipping party at Tom's place. And we took that relationship over here. Right. So I'm going to make a quick post about that on LinkedIn. And that's a great post because it just talks about building relationships, not always having to be in person to do that. But you can do that online as well. You know, as a flipper, you're dealing with challenges all the time. You may not be selling a house every week, but you're dealing with contractors. You're dealing with your finances. You're dealing with challenges that you can certainly share with other people that I'm sure that will are having the same type of issues or can understand and relate to. And it may not be related to your industry. It could be stories about just everyday life and people share those stories. One thing I've always taught people or teach people is that whatever you're trying to share, try to translate it in a general business standpoint to the audience because it may not be about real estate because you may not be connecting with people that are interested in real estate, but the stories behind that 
can be transferable across different domains. So dealing with unexpected problems, right, in a project, that's transferable across all businesses, right? Any project you do, you run into things that you never expected, you know, how, how did you handle that, right? So you can share those type of experience. Um, so going back, one of the things that stop people from producing content is what you just said is like, what if I run out of content? What should I write? Is don't think about writing more like think about like documenting. You're documenting your day. So what is one thing you can say what you did today? And then think about, well, how does that relate to potentially business? Right. And, and just go from there. And you want to do it just you know naturally. You know, I think sometimes people get caught up where I gotta have a, like the specific plan and I gotta write these. I think it's good to have a plan and good to have a theme and genre to your posting. But again, it's think of it documenting. You know, whatever happens, just jot that down and then think of a few words. And again, you don't have to write a whole article. You can just write two or three paragraphs about it. When I say paragraph, I'm talking about like two lines, space, two lines, space. You know, you don't want to write a whole seven sentence long paragraph. It's very hard to read on a mobile phone. You want to break that up. That's that's another tip that anyone can use, not just on LinkedIn, but Facebook or anywhere you're posting. Most people are on their phones these days. So make it easy for people to digest whatever story you're telling and do that by breaking up your sentences. Don't try to have a seven sentence paragraph written on your phone. It just makes it really hard for the user to read. Makes sense. And do you know if people care about like videos or photos or they prefer text? Yeah, video is definitely one of the most engaging media to use uh, just because people prefer to talk, I mean, listen and watch you. And not only that, when you are actually on video, you naturally build like this celebrity status. Like naturally people prior to video becoming just really blown up, you know, everything's through text, right? When you put a video together, you start putting a personality behind that post. And by doing that on a consistent basis, people will start recognizing your face, your brand, your personality that gets tied to that overall brand of yours. So definitely we can do video. We always recommend that. If you don't do that, use photos. And then text too can be just as effective. As you get used to writing your content, you can just be just as effective writing pure text without using pictures and photos. I mean, I personally have done that and have been successful on either platform, either media, texting, text only, picture only, video, a combination of either. But what I will say is though, if you do video, put captions. That's something I don't see a lot of people do. There are services out there uh, like uh, Rev, I think Rev.com, where they charge you a, a dollar a minute to do captions. If you're on your mobile phone recording, you can use a product called Clips on iPhone. I think it's free. You can, while you record, it will subtitle live for you. So that's important because naturally all of our videos shown on Facebook or LinkedIn is muted. So if you are wanting to get the engagement is have the captions so that people can read a little bit before they decide where they actually want to engage in that video. Makes sense because you said most people watch or most people go on LinkedIn on their phones. And when you're on your phone, you're probably at work or you're at the gym and you don't you know, have headphones on. You don't want to watch the video out loud too, right? Nope. I've been posting videos on YouTube and then just pasting the YouTube link on LinkedIn. Yeah. And it still shows, but you know, there's no subtitles directly there. Yeah, it's so... These platforms don't like it when you linked to other sites. So they naturally will not try to push your content up into people's feed. So what you could do, and I've seen people do this, is they will write like a little pair, you know, a little preview of what that content that you're, you did on YouTube and then put the actual link in the comment. That way, the actual status update is not going to any other website. So 
that's a way to link to another website, but not make it, I wouldn't say bypass the algorithm, but you know, LinkedIn and Facebook and any other platforms would appreciate that more because you're not, you're not explicitly trying to push them outside the platform. Yeah, they want you to upload the video to like LinkedIn or Facebook instead of directing you to the YouTube link. Yes. Yeah. But obviously that sucks because it takes a long time to upload videos to these platforms, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you could just take an image, take that image, the front image as a thumbnail, make that as your post and just let people know, click on the, the link below. Yeah. At least LinkedIn lets you play the video in LinkedIn, whereas YouTube just straight up directs you to another YouTube website. Yeah. Right. Okay. Are there any other tips that you think someone should know about LinkedIn before we move on to the next subject of today's topic? I think we touched on it and I can't emphasize it enough is engaging. That's the number one thing to do on LinkedIn. If you want to grow your brand, your personal brand, get better reach, have more followers is you have to engage. So days ago, you're talking about just connecting, connecting, but those days are no longer relevant now. You you have to actually engage if you want to grow your personal brand. So anyone who's thinking about starting their business, even if they're working on a nine to five job, you can establish your authority in your domain, whatever that is, by just encouraging that type of engagement, you will naturally have people follow you by doing something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, unless you're someone like Kendall Jenner or Billie Eilish, you should, you should talk to every single person who comments on your, on your posts. You should, you should. And most people, when they first start out, you're not going to get anyone commenting on your stuff. Naturally, it's very hard to get that. It takes time. Uh, just because the way the system is, uh, has been is, is people just originally have thought to use it like sharing links and they don't really comment on it. And again, if you, once you get someone commenting, I mean, to me, that's like, think of it like you're fishing, right? You, you got someone. So now you can engage with them and see if you can take it further. And, and I'll, I'll give this other tip. You can really amplify a post if you can have a conversation inside the actual post. And I've done this before where, you know, someone will comment and then I know that individual and I would actually ask a question, replying to that comment and, you know, asking how they're doing or how the book is coming along and they would reply in that comment. So when they do that, their followers see that as a notification that they comment on my post, bringing attention back to me. And when I comment, I, all of my followers get a notification seeing that, hey, my comment on this post. So this is how you can really create that top of mind environment by if you can, you know, if, if someone comments on you and you're able to actually ask them a question within that comment, that's a great way of amplifying your post. That's right. I mean, I've seen posts be resurrected from the dead from two weeks ago because someone posted like a comment. Yeah. And if they asked a question, if they went so far to ask a question, it will encourage that person, the other person to reply back. And then it starts the cycle all over again. It's crazy how it, it can really live longer than a typical post will. All right, listeners, if you guys go on YouTube, Sean Pan, or uh, LinkedIn, Sean J. Pan, and leave a comment, I will reply back to you guys ASAP. There you go. That's it. That's what it's all about. Awesome. All right, let's talk about your company, Cato. Tell us uh, what it is and how does it help others? Right. So, so our product, what we do is we create these digital talking flyers that auto starts the sales conversation the moment you share any media on social media. So if you're sharing a picture of yourself, a picture of a flyer, a picture of a home that you're going to have coming soon. The minute you share on social media, our product creates a website for you with a landing page, with a form built in, and with a live chat component where 
you can speak to anyone that's online. It's a great way to start that sales conversation. And what we do is helps with the lead capture. You know, when you think about more than 78% of leads do business with the first person that contacts them. So there's a huge opportunity in just generally lead capturing space where if someone's online looking at your content, if you give them a way to reach out to you, you have a highly good chance of taking them in as a lead or at least putting them in your database. So having something where, you know, a lot of times what we see is people post things about their business, right? So let's stick with real estate, you know, agents do this commonly. They take like three or four photos of a coming soon. They'll post it online and they'll say, Hey, I have a coming soon. They give some details about the property and they'll say, DM me or call me to get details. But again, you know, people are way early on in the process of buying a home. Some may not want to buy immediately. You want to be able to also target the people who are in the early process of buying a house. They naturally will not call you. They don't want to do that. Instead, they want to text you. And statistically have shown that nine out of 10 millennials prefer to text versus call. So if you're posting something like that on social media, you want to make it so that they can engage with your content, but not actually have to call you. And that's what Cato offers. It's a way for them to chat directly with the realtor. And if you're not available, our system will automatically try to grab their email and auto recapture that in that respect. So just to clarify, basically, you have a post that you want to, I guess, get engagement on. Uh, like when we met at, at uh, Tom's place, you took a picture of the house and then that created a Facebook post, but then also create a website of that post. Absolutely. Yeah. So then what happens? Yeah. So what, what we did is we took a picture, we posted on Facebook, which has that, like you said, an image of that specific picture that we've taken. But when someone clicks on it, it goes to a website that was made by Cato. And it has your form, your brand, your picture, everything on it. And it has a little pop-up widget that says, hey, are you interested in learning more about this property? So again, when we say start sales conversation, that's what we mean. It has a little chat icon that can connect you with any online visitor. And at at that point, uh, if they fill out a form or they say anything, you're going to get a text message on your phone um, for you to respond back. Again, I always ask realtors this is, when is the last time you can speak to someone who is actually browsing your website, right? I mean, that, that's a powerful thing to have. A lot of these bigger organizations all have live chat. Okay, got it. So basically, instead of having just a random Facebook post where, you know, these guys don't want to out themselves and let everyone on Facebook know that they're looking to buy a house or they don't want to directly call you or text you, it's a better way for them to just browse on your website some interesting post and then maybe give you some basic information for you to contact them later. Absolutely. And your website has all the photos that are much larger for them to view. And people naturally want to see the photos. So if, if the house is interesting from that first image, they're going to want to click on it and they want to see the photos. The benefit of doing something like that is you make it easy for them to either fill out a form, an inquiry, where you're going to contact them back, or they can directly chat with you without having to fill out really information. At the same time, you're able to try to lead capture them during that moment. And third, one of the things I didn't discuss is there's a pixel that lives on these pages where you're naturally able to track them. So a lot of realtors don't even have business pages. You actually can use Cato without having a business page, still put a pixel on it so that when you're posting things on your personal page, you actually can track all those people who click on your post. Without this, you can't do that. You can't boost a personal post. You can't say something like, I want to advertise to people who engage with my personal post. You can't do that. 
Yeah, Facebook doesn't allow that. You need to have a business page. People who post on your business page, you can target those. But on your personal, you can't do any type of advertising. However, with Cato, when people click on it, you can actually start tracking all these people. So how does it work? Do you have to download a specific app for this or just sign up for your services? Yeah, you go on Cato.com and you can sign up for the services, which a link will be provided to you to download. Right now we have a iPhone app. So unfortunately, we don't have an Android app yet. That's going to come out in about a month. But for iPhone users, you can once you sign up, you get the app and you can get started within minutes. It only takes a few seconds to do your first post. You take a photo of anything, literally a photo of yourself. You can do a client appreciation, take your client out for lunch and talk about how relationship matters, how you're the forever agent. You can take a snapshot of you and your client enjoying a lunch and that creates a website, a landing page. Again, you know, you might want to talk about doing a business spotlight. What about being a local expert in, you know, in your area? Like we're in San Jose. What's the best coffee place to enjoy? You can actually go to that place, talk to the business owner, take a photo of the front of the place, take a photo of the environment, create like a actual listing on that property. You know how Yelp, Yelp has a listing, talks about the uh, environment. You can do the same thing, but you own it. Your brand is branded to you and you're doing the business owner a favor by bringing more attention to the business. So it's a great way to do partnership, right? So endless opportunities using this product in that respect. Super exciting. So how did you come up with the idea? You know, it's not something like one day I just thought of it. It was more of just noticing what agents are doing. You know, I'm connected with a lot of realtors, right? Naturally, right? I'm in this space. And I just started noticing a lot of agents will post coming soon and then they expect people to call them. Like it's such that they're expecting that immediate callback, which makes sense for those who are interested in buying right now. But then they lose out on about the people who are just browsing or who might be interested. And those can be turned, you know, those can be potential buyers who might buy multiple properties. You don't like if you think about the full on strategy of capturing not just the immediate buyers and sellers now, but the future, you know, this strategy, you end up building a database of followers. And you do that through these pixels. And again, once you put it in Cato, we uh, we put that across. Every time you do a social media post, we track that for you. So, so again, that, that's a powerful way of tracking these users who go onto your website. And at the same time, when you're ready to promote to these users, you can because we have that pixel in place. So instead of posting your photo and saying, call now if you're interested, what kind of call to action are you telling these people to click on your Cato post? Well, it could be, again, you have coming soon. So that's a natural post. So instead of posting the actual photos of the coming soon, you can take a photo of the house yourself, run it through Cato and share it. So when you share that post, it's going to have the images that you selected. But behind the scene is a whole website with all those photos that you've taken. So think of it like a property website. You built a property website in seconds, right? But when they go on it, Facebook tracks them. So that's the key advantage of having knowing that you can actually advertise back to these people who have shown interest in that property. You can serve another ad, maybe another property that you're having that you have, that you've partnered up with another agent that you can send to. Or maybe, you know, you're you made a post about why you should sell your house, right? And maybe you have another content where you can give to these users uh, like five top five mistakes homeowners make before they sell, right? So when you think about just marketing, the days of like hard selling are, are really over. You have to think of it like they engage on my first post. How do I serve another ad that they can relate to? So if I know someone 
saw one of my posts about a home on Bird Avenue. In theory, I can run another ad on another house or maybe an ad about top five tips on what you need to do before you buy or before you sell and serve that ad to those people who saw that ad on Bird Avenue. So when they keep seeing your advertisement, you start building that natural relationship authority. You know, in marketing, there's something called uh, rule of seven, where they need to see you seven times before they actually remember you. So when people go to that first time going to your website, you want to hit them up again when they you know go back on Facebook. You want them to see your ad. And what marketers do is they have these pixels in place and that's how they leverage it is they make sure that they advertise to you again every time. Yeah, you're basically following them throughout all the different like Google AdSense and wherever different websites you go on, right? Absolutely, because these, you know, Cato can accept Facebook pixels, Google pixels, any pixels. You can have unlimited number of pixels. So once they land on it, if you're logged into Gmail, then we can track you through Google. That means we can advertise through Google searches, Facebook searches, YouTube. So there, again, that's really the, you know, when you think about it, that's really the benefit there is the simplicity behind of creating these posts, but then have a lead capture strategy behind it. And it starts building that database for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a new wave of internet marketing. Yeah. And by the way, for anyone who's listening that doesn't know what a pixel is, basically it's like one pixel in the entire post. Like you can't tell because one pixel. And when you download it, it's like downloading a specific image. They know like your IP address. They kind of know your, your settings, right? They know your cookies and stuff. And then they'll follow you. So it's actually a try not to get all techy, but it's basically a little line of code on your website that fires off to Facebook saying that, hey, this person visited your website. And because most of us are naturally logged on to Facebook on Gmail, I mean, do we log off of Facebook? Most of us, once we logged in, we just close the browser, right? But that doesn't log you out of Facebook. So Facebook remembers you. So when you go onto a website that has a pixel installed, then Facebook will add you to their database. So this is why when you maybe you look at a product on Amazon, a device, and then all of a sudden you go on Facebook, you see that same product. That's because Amazon has already a pixel in place that, again, tracks you on Facebook as well. It's funny because I think early last year, Facebook got into some hot water for the whole Cambridge Analytica stuff, and people wanted to delete their Facebook accounts. And then they realized, oh, man, like all my chats on Facebook, I use one auth, which is like the way you log into a bunch of different accounts with Facebook. So they couldn't delete their Facebook accounts. That's the nature of the beast, right? I mean, they've grown so big that it's part of our life. So it's hard to get rid of Facebook. I'm being honest. They, they are what you call category kings in their domain. Like in that social media realm, they just own it. You can't, I mean, I can't see how you can delete it. No, and they have the Benjamin Button disease where like every as every year goes by, they actually get better and better because of the machine learning algorithms. And you give them more data and you become more attached to them. So absolutely. Since you started multiple companies in the past, you know, what are some of your common challenges that you face, especially when starting out? I mean, the biggest challenge would be connections. You know, when you start out anything. You might have the best product out there. It doesn't mean anything. You might have the best idea. And that's actually the biggest thing I see among, um, yeah, I, I still consider myself an amateur entrepreneur. But when I do speak to ones who have never started a company, they think that they got this great idea and they make you sign like an NDA thinking that if they share that idea, like it's going to make them lose money or, or they can't start the business. Ideals are ideas. Everyone has great ideas. 
But the hardest part is executing. It's like, how do you take the idea and then put it into a plan to actually create the product and then go to market? So the biggest challenge has always been connecting with the right people. That will help guide you and put you in the right spot to deliver the product, so to speak. Because you can really hire any company to build you a product or any idea that you have. But then if you don't have the right connections in place, it's hard for you to go into that market. Yep, makes sense. So imagine you're brand, brand new. Let's say you're even, you know, a little bit younger, late 20s, early 30s. You have no connection, no business experience, but you want to go somewhere. What do you do? I would work for a startup. That's where you're going to get a lot of the seed talent. That's one thing I regret, actually. I, I did this a little bit later in my stage, in my late 20s. Uh, so as an engineer, like, you know, when you say late 20s, people, you know, other people who are not in the engineering space, they think that's young. That's like, you, you're kind of old, you know? I learned that later in my career where, you know, working at startups is the best thing. If you're thinking about like entrepreneurship and you want to build something, work at startup because that's where you find a lot of hustlers, people who are who are buying into the mission, who go beyond the extra to put in the work. Those are the people you want to surround yourself with. And actually, I met my CTO, my chief technical officer at a startup actually years ago. And I built that relationship with him. And then when I decided to start Cato or even go higher, it was easy for me to pitch to him and tell him, hey, let's join, you know, let's, let's, let's do this together. Very nice. Very nice. So I guess, yeah, if you're just starting out brand new, join a startup. But if you're not going to join a startup, let's say you already have a nice job or you're doing something else that's unrelated to tech. What do you think someone should do to just build those massive connections? Meetups. You got to network. I mean, LinkedIn is one of the places. So again, you can start networking on LinkedIn, but go to meetups, startup meetups. There's places where People, I even done this before where I uh, forget the name of it. It's co-founder meetup or in uh, downtown San Jose. They, they do it like every month where they bring co-founders together, technical engineers together, project managers, and they just meet. Like you go up there, you pitch what you want, what you need, what you can help with. And everyone does that. And then at the end of that session, you just get up and start networking with people. So that's a great way. If you're thinking about, you know, wanting to get into entrepreneurship, connect with other people who can help you you can't do this alone that's the number one thing is you can't do this alone it's really hard like that i learned that the hard way like years ago when i try to do another product in the real estate space try to do it alone it just never works out it's like you it's a very lonely path uh, entrepreneurship there's a lot of loneliness so you want to connect with the right people yep that's right and for all you listeners out there who live in the south bay check out meetup.com slash everything rei to check out our meetups in san jose that's a nice plug. Great transition. Yeah, exactly. All right, Mike, do you have any final tips on uh, promoting your LinkedIn profile page or talking about Cato before we end the show today? No, I mean, I would love anyone who's listening, connect with me on LinkedIn and engage. That's the best thing I can offer anyone when they want to look for that special recipe. How do I grow my brand is you have to engage. doesn't matter what platform you're on. You have to engage with your audience. Perfect. And how can people get in contact with you? They can get me on my email, mlam at cato.com. Cato is like Play-Doh, but without the PL, replace that with a K. Or uh, go on my website, cato.com. I have a live chat there <laughs> so you can actually speak to me or one of my team members. All right, Mike, thank you so much for your time and teaching us about LinkedIn and about your website, Cato. Awesome. Thank you, Sean, for having me. It was a pleasure. All right. Take care. Bye. Here are some of the key takeaways from this episode. LinkedIn is an underused tool. Post at least once a week and be sure to comment. Create engaging content so that people start interacting with it on their feed. And once they interact with it, LinkedIn will continue to serve similar content to your followers, giving you a way to continuously stay in touch. I hope you enjoyed this episode. 
You can find the show notes and other episodes on our site, everythingrei.com slash podcast. If you live in the Bay Area, join our meetup group, where we meet up twice a month in San Jose at meetup.com slash everythingrei. And if you thought this was helpful, let me know what key takeaway you got from this episode and share it with a friend who's interested in real estate investing. Thanks and have a great day. This was another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star rating. It'll take less than a second and it'll help a lot. You can contact me at seanpanrealty at gmail.com. That's S-E-A-N-P-A-N-R-E-A-L-T-Y at gmail.com. Thanks and have a great day.